Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. And if you're new to the show, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Lisa Watson, and I will be joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Frolick and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. And unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because it's been our experience that the echo chamber is a pretty boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you'll find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to sit down, grab a drink, and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And if you're interested in supporting our podcast and helping us to be able to continue to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support to our PayPal account at info at enlightenup.us or go to our website, enlightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express your spiritual humor. All profits go towards the show. Thank you again so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Enlighten Up. I am here with Lisa and Brian. And today's show, we're going to be talking to a man who was in the Marines and has had very several experiences that he calls the seven events. This uh, started with an awakening, but Dave uh, Parsons is joining our show. He is a native of Arizona, joined the Marines at age 17, and is a Gulf War veteran. After seven years in the military, he obtained a degree in engineering and for the last 15 years has pursued a career in the aerospace industry, working mostly on missile programs from the government and military. After over a decade working in this arena, his vision began to change to the point he could no longer participate in the war industry. After having an experience that can only be described as a near-death experience, he walked away from his job and began to pursue a life on his own terms. This awakening led to several other experiences with off-planet beings that he calls the seven events. He believes that many people are experiencing awakenings such as his, and there is a universal shift going on that is shifting the morality of people worldwide to a more humanitarian purpose. Dave, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Uh, hi, I'm good. Good. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Um, you, One of our listeners actually reached out to us and uh, asked if we could bring you on because she believed that your experiences would be quite informative uh, and I have a feeling entertaining to our listeners. So thank you for coming on the show. Oh, not at all. Thank you very much. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Welcome. Yeah. And to our listeners, if Brian doesn't pipe up too much, it's just because he's feeling a little under the weather. He. Uh... Yeah, I, I got a cold on the uh, on the cruise on the way back from the cruise. So I'm a uh... I'm feeling kind of gross. That's that's what happens when you're spiritually stubborn at a spiritual conference. <laughs> oh, so how does it explain the little cold that you and Lisa are going I, through? I, I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have a cold. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just I just had a headache. No cold. I what Lisa and I call it is um, symptoms from the ascension waves or plasma waves that have come in this week. So we're dealing with that. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, so, Dave, uh, gosh, where do we start? How? Okay, give our audience a little background into who you are, because you joined the Marines at seventeen. You were in the Gulf War, and you worked in the military 
uh, for quite some time. How did all that, how did you start there? And then what transitioned you out of it that kind of like woke you up and made you want to leave? Uh, yeah, well, I think you gave a pretty good introduction there about uh, my past. I joined, uh, I was a, like a straight A student during school and I, I graduated at a very early age. I actually had to wait to turn 17 to join, you know, the Marines. Um, I did that for about seven years. Um, was deployed to the Gulf War during 90 and 91. Uh, endured that. I came back out. It was kind of lost on what to do. So I uh, went to college, got an engineering degree in uh, chemical engineering. Uh, did a few jobs here and there in the chemical industry. I was an environmental engineer at one point until I figured out that was kind of a scam. Didn't want to do that. I ended up uh, in a roundabout way in the aerospace industry, building, uh, you know, with military contracts, building missiles and warheads and rocket motors and that kind of thing uh, for a company for a while. And uh, it just, I really don't know uh, what, you know, occurred to make a shift but uh, or, or change that, but I just found myself at a point where I just couldn't function anymore uh, for some reason. I just couldn't, couldn't, uh, I couldn't drag myself into work and, and do the, do the job that I had previously been really good at. You know, I was moving up the ranks, climbing the ladder, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, the American dream, buying a bigger house every five years and that constant uh, bankroll of debt that everybody's trying to pay off. And I was really <laughs> yes. good at that game. Yeah. You know, the game, right? I'm, I was, the matrix. I'm in the game, the matrix. Yeah. 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 If you got extra money, let's go buy something bigger because the neighbors, right? Yeah. So and I was, you know, I was good at it. I was getting promoted. I was working myself to death working harder than everybody else, you know? And, uh, and then I, I don't know, I don't know why or when this is the part that's hard to explain. I really don't understand what causes this kind of thing. But I just stopped. I, it was just plainly, like some people I think call it burnout or they have a midlife crisis. I think that's a term that's used for this and where, you know, these guys just burn out and they get up and just walk out of their cubes and, you know, and do something else. Go, <laughs> you know, they just can't go anymore. Just so the was, fact you're in a cube would, you know. Yeah. I, explain that. Yeah. And see, that's a transition before I was like, yeah, it's, I used to live in a hole. Right. So what's a cube? It's inside, you know, you got a roof. And, but now to sit in, sit in that box, I would, I would tear my hair out. I, I just can't do it. It's just insanity. And uh, so it's sort of this transition to what I thought was perfectly normal and uh, no complaints ever to now it's just, what did, what do what are people doing? I just can't, can't fit into that anymore. So, uh, I guess that makes sense. That's a pretty, I guess, normal story. You guys just go crazy and they run out of their cubes. <laughs> so I literally just got up and I just quit one day after nine years with this company in the middle of some big programs for the Navy. I just, I just, I just quit, you know, and decided I was going to go do something else. And, uh, leading up to that, I, I had, um, and I think this is significant. I had a lot of back pain and so I'm going to get into what I think is a, what I think is a Kundalini type of awakening, which I had never heard of before. I had no idea. Um, but I had a lot of back pain. I thought, well, it's just from sitting in this cube. And so I changed chairs and eventually I ended up just having a stand up desk. I was in so much pain that I just couldn't get rid of it. And within a few days of quitting that job, it went away. It was completely gone. 
I think that was significant. I didn't know anything about it then, but as I go on, this will make more sense maybe. Uh, so within a few months of, uh, of leaving, I just completely went through some sort of metamorphosis. My diet just changed like automatically for no reason. I just suddenly couldn't stand some of the foods I hadn't eaten for years and years. And I went to a very clean, uh, heavy fat diet. I think this low fat diet was, is just a huge mistake. And, uh, I was just feeling extremely different. And so I just ignored it as like, well, this is the first time in my life I've never had to work, you know, 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday for, you know, decades. So it's probably just that I'm relaxed, you know, and, or something like that. This is the first time in my life I didn't have to constantly be grinding. Yeah. Grinding you're trying out. to like logically make sense of it. <laughs> yes. I'm still left brain. I'm still logic. Like uh, everything has a reaction to something. Uh, there's nothing. You're basically on. doing what Brian would do. Like just looking for all like the obvious reasons of why it might be happening. Well, what what I think most people would do. I yeah. think even I would do something like that. I do that now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we still are so connected yeah. to this three D matrix. Like it's just your first instinct. Well, okay, maybe it's not my first instinct <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you're exactly right. I come from a very strong science background. I work in the science industry. I'm really good at it. I'm really respected in that field. So there's got to be a logical, you know mathematical reason for for whatever's going on uh you know and so i was searching for that even though i knew something was very different i just uh i didn't really know what to make of it other than i just cashed out my 401k and i'm living off of that so <laughs> and I really hey have, we know so, someone yeah. who's done that <laughs> i really have no plans on what am i going to do in six months i don't know but today i'm drinking coffee outside so that's a great plan but you know what that's a very common response to people who are going through a spiritual awakening uh i know that now yes i i fully understand that's how many people begin to exit the matrix and yes and basically it's basically a big f you to everything the matrix tells us we're supposed to do with our investments, with our money, because there's so much fear around spending our savings, spending our investments, because, you know, God, no, yes. God forbid yeah. you actually use them to, to discover things about yourself or use them for a form of enjoyment That's at right. an earlier That's age. Right. <laughs> yeah. You enjoy it now, but no, you yeah. save it for when you're 70, maybe. And, uh, and, uh, and then, and that's the game, and that's the game everybody plays. And I was, I'm just extracting myself out of the game. I'm not doing that mm -hmm. anymore. My friends would look at me like, "Well, what are you doing?" Like they're very confused. I'm confused. I don't really know what I'm doing either. But they would say, "Well, how do you plan on retiring?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm retired right now." <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, yeah. You no, know, no, totally, you know? exactly what I. And did. they say, "Well, you can't be retired. You're not old enough." And I'm like, "Well, what do you think you're going to do when you retire? You're going to be doing exactly this. I'm just doing it at 40 instead of." 65 and they just get this real confused look and like yeah good, you know yeah yeah it's a very common response i'm quite curious <laughs> so for our listeners to understand when you had this um shift in your diet where like one day you just all of a sudden don't like the foods you were so used to eating that is often um you know you talked about perhaps you weren't aware at the time that it was perhaps tied to a Kundalini awakening because of your back pain and all of that. 
But when your energy shifts dramatically within your body, when you're, when you start to awaken that part of you, your higher self is now a lot more connected to you and your internal guidance shifts in ways that you may not realize it's actually guiding you and your whole, um, way you experience things changes. And so now you don't respond well to the lower frequency foods that, you know, we're taught to like eat this kind of low fat diet, which actually isn't very healthy for you. Uh, there's, Cause there's a lot of processing that happens to your food to extract the, the fat out of it. So you are instinctually, your body's just telling you not anymore. And there's a, there's quite a strong um, spiritual energetic connection to that, that many people don't realize. Yes, I, I would agree with that. And uh, I understand all of that now. <laughs> the problem is when it's, I think it, when it happens to someone that, at least with me, I had no idea what was going on. I have no idea why I woke up one day and suddenly my diet is completely different. Like, uh, like foods I couldn't stand before. I'm just craving, you know, these vegetables, you know, mm. and uh, I have these eurekas about, oh, I should be juicing this stuff and I should be doing this and stuff, stuff I would never think of. And I just have these urges and that's that energy shift. But when it's happening, I don't know like, oh, my energy is shifting. That's why this is, it's this real bizarre experience you have to go through that yeah. you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. And we, we had this, we had this conversation on Friday night, Brian. I was just going to say that. I'm like, yeah. this reminds me of the talk we had the other night. Where Brian was asking, like, how do you know it's your higher self guiding you or not? Or you said, if you don't know your higher self, then you're not being guided because you're ignoring it. And we were saying, well, your higher self is guiding you whether you're aware of it or not. Oh, exactly. I, at this point, I did, had never heard the term higher self. I didn't even know what that meant. I mean, is that some kind of hippie thing? I wouldn't, I had, so I surely didn't know that that's, that's what was going on. But as I researched this several years later, I kind of put it all together. And uh, that's exactly what that is. But um, it's a tough experience when you don't know what's going on. I guess that's what I'm, my point is <laughs> uh, no, like yeah. this back pain. It took, it took me two or three years and I read something about a Kundalini experience where this energy flows up your spine through your chakras or something, double helix, something, something. And then you have blockages in your chakras and it, that energy will ball up and, and cause a lot of pain. And it just, I'm like, that's what that was. That was the very beginning is this back pain that I went to surgeons. I went to chiropractors, had an MRI. Nobody could tell me what this is. I thought this is a Marine thing. I hurt my back really bad. It's an old injury. Scar tissues built up something. Now I'm, you know, it's going to cause me problems. That's what they always said, but nobody, not a surgeon anywhere could tell me what was wrong. Like there's no, there's nothing to have surgery on. Your back is perfect. And I'm like, well, why can I, I can't even sit down. I can't sleep. Well, that's what that is. It's this kundalini, this energy that's balled up that doesn't show up on an x-ray. So anyway, I, it was years later before I put that together. Like that's that's what started. And when that back pain went away, it released that thing. And that's when everything started changing. And so I kind of had to put this together through research, you know, down the road after I was already into it. But during the time it was happening, I had no clue. I'm just trying to fight myself to get up and go to work, <laughs> you know, <laughs> So how long after that was it that you had your first experience, the, which you refer to as the seven events, the first of the seven? Yeah, it gets better. This is <laughs> just the beginning. Uh, so I quit, I quit my job somewhere around in May, May, June timeframe. 
and I'm just sort of in this half euphoric state. I'm just like, everything's great. I have no plans. I don't know what I'm doing in 10 minutes, much less 10 years. So by October, I am sleeping incredibly well. I, I remember just like sleep is my favorite thing. It still is. And uh, I had never slept better. All the pain was gone. I was, I was really happy about everything. And, uh, and I call it a near-death experience because I don't know what else to call it. Uh, when I read about other people's experiences, uh, not to be generalistic, but, you know, most people say, oh, there was a big tunnel of a light and there was a person there. And, you know, and then I decided to come back and, you know, they pulled them out of the bottom of the pool because they drowned or something like that. So this experience is similar to that, except I wasn't in an accident. All I did was just, I went to bed one night and I feel like I just died in my sleep. And I came sort of, I'm going to say out of body in this very, very vivid, extremely realistic, uh, awake state. But at the same time, I know I'm asleep and uh, it's not a dream. It's, it's much more intense than that. And there's, uh, well, as much detail as I can get. So I wake up and there's, there's a, it's complete blackness. I'm in the blackest, deepest, darkest space that there is. And there's a, there's a person behind me. I can't see anything, but I can feel that there's a very friendly, you know, guider that's guiding me through this very comforting, very loving entity. that's right behind me to my left. And I look down and there's just three plates, very thin plates that look like maybe the size of a credit card. The ones look like it's made of glass. The other two look like metal. I don't know what this is. I have no clue. And then there's a big block of metal, a big block of steel. And the procedure is to pick one of these up and touch this block of steel and see if it works. I don't know what that means. I don't know what works is. I don't know what we're doing. I'm just in a very peaceful state with this very friendly person who's guiding me through these steps. And they're assuring me that you can do whatever you want. You have free will, you know, just, just do it. So I pick up the first sheet and it's a sheet of glass and I touch it to the metal and I immediately feel this unbelievable vibration that I can't describe. It's like being electroshocked, vibrating, I don't know what, but it is, it is incredible and it's intense. It doesn't, it's not painful. It's actually the opposite, but it's very, very intense to where I just, my whole body feels like every cell is about to explode, but it kind of in a good way, <laughs> that makes any sense. And I look up and this huge white light just opens up and it's just this bright, pure, white light that I'm just staring into. And, uh, the guide immediately, you know, tells me to go through it. And so we start going through this. It's a tunnel of light, just like everyone else says on these uh, near death things. And the closer I get to this white light, the more intense this vibration, uh, which is, which is very strange because I don't feel that I have a body, but I feel like I have some kind of like, maybe I'm an orb or maybe I'm a light source. I have no idea, but it's very intense. And the deeper I go into this white light, the more intense it gets. And uh, so I stop and the entity is telling me, this guide is telling me, it's fine. You, you can go as far as you want. You don't have to do this. Just take your time and just do, you know, do what you want to do. It's, it's, um, it, it's my take on not trespassing on my free will. Nobody's forced me to do anything. It's just, you know, I'm having this experience and I can take it as far as I want. 
So I go through this light as far as I can go. I can't get to the end, and it's just so intense that I, I just I just can't let go. I just can't let go of of being out of control. I think, and uh, so I stop again. And uh, the NED tells me, "You can do what you want. You can stay, or you can go back, or you can complete, you know, the distance." And so I ask, "Well, what what should I do?" And it says, "Well, it's your choice. You do absolutely whatever you want. I'm just here to help." kind of a conversation and uh and it's very telepathic i mean it's it's hard to explain it's just thoughts are coming to your head and you know there's someone else's thoughts that's what telepathy is and i think if we had that here on earth people would go crazy because you just walk them and your your head would just go nuts with everybody's feelings and thoughts (laughs) kind of and uh so i asked this thing well you know i i i can't make a decision. I don't know. I really want to go through this thing because it's really euphoric, but uh, this vibration is just so intense. And the only thing that I got was uh, from this person. If I can get through this. Um, uh, yeah, the only says, well, if if you go all the way through uh, and you stay, you're going to be very disappointed that you didn't go back. And I don't, to this day, know what that means. And so, and I instantly had a thought that I think was about my kids. I have two kids that were younger at the time. And as soon as the instant I had that thought, uh, everything went black. I was out of the tunnel and uh, I felt this falling and then this slamming back into my body. And uh, I woke up in bed and I was on my back and my dog was like looking at me. <laughs> and this was uh which never happens cuz it just sleeps on the end of the bed but now she's sitting up by my head just staring at me like like I don't know what I was doing or what what was going on but and it, it was you know 2 or 3 in the morning and it's the middle of the night and uh I was so relaxed and so that I couldn't even move my muscles wouldn't even respond. So I probably laid there for about 10 minutes just just unbelievably good feeling. And uh, I remember thinking, well, that was weird. <laughs> I wonder what that was. And I just went back to sleep and I got up in the next day. And uh, that, so that was the first, what I call the first event. Wow. Wow. That was really like, uh, a, it definitely sounds like a near death experience because everyone talks about the tunnel and going to the light. And if you go all the way through, you basically leave this realm. Um, so you were just kind of shown that and told that if you would leave, you would regret it. Um, so it sounds to me that you had more to do here during this time that wasn't complete. That's that's the feeling I got that um, after that, several months after, do a lot of research and you research into people that say uh, you're reincarnated here and some people come back because they have a purpose they want to serve and, and, you know, and then return and things like that. So that sort of matches up with the feeling I got from that. But right, right after it happened, did you think it was just a dream or did you think it was something more? Uh, I thought that was the most intense dream that I've ever had. <laughs> and I have to I have to try to explain that I I am not like uh, like you and I talk right now. We have a lot of sensibility, we have a lot of left brain, we have a lot of logic. But in this, the state of mind I was in at the time, I 
I am uh, just not thinking of any of that. I just get up the next day and I was like, well, that was really weird. I, you know, and just didn't put any logic to that of trying to analyze what was that or what's going on, anything like that. I was just this very happy sort of, uh, just out of it, just in a very euphoric state. I just got up, I made coffee. I went outside in the yard and I just sat in the grass and stared at the clouds and wonder how they get there. And it was, I, I didn't think anything of it other than you're enjoying your freedom from the matrix. Something is very switched off in, in my, in my head and something is very switched on in its place. And so what I've decided is that my, during this time and the next following months after this, this experience, uh, I feel like my left brain is turning off almost completely. And when your right brain takes over, um, everybody thinks that would be great because you're just living in the moment and everything is great and you have no thoughts of anything except enjoyment right now. But your left brain is sort of your survival. That's what keeps you alive. Like you got to eat three times a day. You need to stock food in the house for tomorrow, that kind of thing. <laughs> you have to think ahead a little bit. And that those kind of thoughts are completely gone at this point. So when I have this experience like this, I'm not thinking of anything. I'm not even thinking of telling anybody. And, uh, and by the way, I've completely extracted myself out of society. I haven't talked to any of my friends. I'm just, it's me and my dog. I have some chickens in the back. Nobody else. I'm not calling anybody. I'm just completely, I'm just, just gone, just extracted. So I'm not telling anybody what's going on. I'm not talking to anybody. Um, very, which is very you know, common. Yeah, very like, introverted, right? Right, and uh, <laughs> not able to even. A lot of people are scared to talk about this with other people because they're not sure how people are going to receive the information. The oftentimes we're scared. Oh, people are going to think I'm losing it. I'm crazy. Uh, so it can be a very. Uh, it can be a very. What's the word I'm looking for? Timid. Uh, ex- like a topic to kind of really extrapolate on with people. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 I was in such a state of mind. I didn't even know other people existed. I'm just walking around this place, just going from place to place. And I'm in just in this, uh, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Like my eyes might be spinning. <laughs> How long did that last? About probably a year and a half. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> It took that's a long great. time for me to kind of come out of it. And that's just the start of it. So I, you know, so I had this experience and uh, the next week after that is just like, I'm this euphoric, just out of space. I, you know, time has no concept. I'm just sort of drifting and it's, I can't wear shoes. I went through a phase where uh, putting shoes on my feet was like claustrophobic. I understand how claustrophobic people are now where they just go nuts over stuff. Uh, that's what wearing shoes was like. I was wearing flip-flops or barefoot everywhere I went. I just couldn't stand it. I don't know why. It's just these weird, bizarre things were happening. And I went through that. Uh, yeah, is that for a, a thing? short period of time? Okay. Yeah, same thing. That I wore flip-flops everywhere. I couldn't stand putting shoes on. Yeah, I would I, put my shoes on to go do a workout, and as soon as I was done, I would take them off. Like exactly. when I got in the car, I would pull them off to drive home. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Great. I feel better now. <laughs> like, is that a thing? Because I'm reading everywhere. Is this a thing? No, it's um, totally a thing. Even when I yeah. moved to the Cayman Islands, one of the best things that I remember, one of the things I loved about living on the islands, and this was very prominent in my mind, was how much I didn't have to wear socks and I didn't have to wear shoes. 
I, I, I loved it so much. And that was during um, a huge part of my awakening. Well, I think it's a grounding thing. I think you're becoming connected mm-hmm. with, and you need that connection with the planet with that, you know, that magnetic field and stuff going to your DNA. So I think, I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a grounding thing. You, you read about grounding and I sleep on a grounding sheet for five years now. I, I won't sleep without it. Just it's plugged into the ground outside. They call it earthing. Earth, earthing. Yes. Yeah. Same thing. So what was your next experience then that you had that was really kind of transformative for you? Yeah. So I go through that phase and uh, about three weeks go by. It's kind of, I didn't keep track of any of this. I didn't document anything, which I kind of wish I would, but I didn't know other things were going to happen. Uh, all the other experiences are very close to that, but they, they're they completely different in the sense that there's no tunnel of light. This is the only out-of-body experience that has that. The next one, about three weeks later, everything's good. I just go to bed. I'm really sleeping good. My diet's the same. I'm really just tuned in. And uh, same thing, I go to sleep. Uh, I, trans- I go into whatever you know, reality, this dream state that is very vivid and very intense. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a spaceship that shows up a craft and I'm in this dream. I'm in this building with some guy named Dan. I don't know who Dan is. You know how you have dreams, you know, Scooby-Doo's there. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they make sense, you know, something like that. We're looking at some computer. He's showing me some random computer program. He's showing me how it works. He looks up and he's like, Oh, he gets real excited and you can feel something. You can feel it. And uh, for some reason, there's no roof on this building, and the spaceship goes over. This craft. I can draw it. I can see it plain as day, like it just happened. And it goes over. Yellow lights in the window. It's like a little disc. It's got a top and a bottom. You know what? what you know your typical UFO, right? <laughs> it just this is what happened. I'm just saying this is what happened. So he goes over, and he seems to know what this is about. And it flies over. It's dead silent. It has a weird way it moves through the air. It doesn't fly like anything I've ever seen. It just slips through the atmosphere. And it's got this really weird look about it, about the colors and the metallic and the lights. Very different. And then it goes over there behind this building. It lands. And he's like, they're here. we got to go. And he runs out the building. And so I follow him. And he's very excited. And there's this very intense like drama in the air. And so these beings come out of this... <laughs> come out i can't see the ship but they come out from behind this building there's two of them and they're just made out of pure light and they're orange and yellow light and it's just spinning just but they're they're beings you can feel them it's all you know telepathic and uh and they're right there and they start coming towards us and the closer they get i get this vibration i every one of these events i have this unbelievable vibration again and i think it's from being in another energetic plane i don't know i don't know what the vibration is but it's very intense and the closer these beings get the more intense it gets they don't say anything they have an attitude that they're very friendly and i feel like this guy this other human and i are just like puppies and they would you know how you just play with puppies you know and you roll them around the puppies have no control (laughs) over they just getting manhandled i feel like we're the puppies and these things are going to play with us so Dan, this other guy, <laughs> takes off running, and this is being chases him like it's a game. And I turn around and look up, and this other one is right on top of me and surrounds me. I'm surrounded in this yellow light that this being is made out of. It's just light. There's no body. It's just light. 
And it's a friendly feeling, but it's very intense. And it's so intense that I, I pull out of it and, and that's how it ends with, is with contact with this person. No information transferred. I didn't have a conversation, nothing like that. It's just uh, this very big energetic contact experience, I guess. And it's so intense that I don't think I'm able to withstand the vibration, I think. And it pulls me out of that, wherever this is taking place. Um, like maybe this is another dimension or a different parallel reality. I think it's more of a dimensional thing. But the energy at that dimension is so high that I, I'm not able to stay in it. And uh, at any rate, that's, that's what happened. And I pull out. I'm back in bed again. Pitch darkness. Euphoric feeling. Muscles are so relaxed I can't move. Uh, same, same as before. And so that's, that's the second time that's happened. Uh, so a few weeks go behind and I have another event, almost very same exact scenario. I'm with, uh, my girlfriend at the time, Martha, who contacted you. She was in this dream. She's there with me. We're in a building, same exact spaceship comes by, you know, I pull out of this thing and I'm into this world, this dimension, same two looking beings come out of, of this, this spaceship and do the same thing, but it's me and, and and this lady, Martha, that, that I'm dating at the time, uh, who I still talk to. I'm really good friends. And so she's in this dream with me. Did she have the same experience? Did she have a, a dream as well? No, but I called her a probably, it's like three in the morning. I waited about an hour and I called her. I hadn't talked to her for in a while and said, did something happen to you last night? And she goes, no, but I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't go back to sleep and I don't know why. So she didn't have a dream that she could remember or any experience that matches what happened to me. Uh, but she did wake up at the same time. But if she would have told me, goes, yeah, I had the weirdest dream. I was in this thing. I would have believed every word that she said. <laughs> it was that real. It was that realistic. Um, and so those two events, I, I can't, I no meaning. I don't know what the purpose or meaning behind those or who those, you know, beings were or why it's the same exact craft. No idea what that's about, but they're very real events, and uh, and they affect you. They affect me for the next week after. I just I'm just in a really, really weird state of mind where I'm just just like in a euphoric. I'm just walking around just in this euphoric state, you know. Just it's very strange until I kind of snap out of it, and uh, remember I got to pay my mortgage, and you know. You know, put the trash out. God, stuff like I that. hate when I remember that. I, you know, well, I wake up and I was like, "Oh, I'm starving." When's the last? I can't even remember when I ate. So I go to the house. There's no food in the house. Oh, well, I should go. I should go get some food. They have it at the store. So I go down to the store and uh, I gather some food up at the you know the health food store and I put it in there and I slide this plastic thing and it says, "Oh, you don't have any money in your account." I was like, "Oh, well, I probably should go get a job." <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> and that's sort of how your mind works. And I, I'm like, oh, man, how am I going to buy this food? And I'm like, you didn't think of that yesterday? And I was like, no, I wasn't hungry yesterday. I'm hungry now. And then uh, and then I walked outside and the asphalt is burning my feet. And I realized I just went through this whole store with no shoes on. And then I thought, well, how did I get across the asphalt to begin with? And I didn't even know I had any shoes on because it's so hot I can't get back to my truck. And sort of that's how that's how a day would go you know and 
like I, I just can't put the, you know that stuff together. Like, how did I walk across the parking lot with no shoes? And then I try to go back, and suddenly it's, I realize I don't have any shoes on. Uh, it's kind of like that day to day. And uh, so you're basically like slipping in and out of these uh, different frequencies that um, kind of tune you back into this dimension or take you out of it and have you in a different one where your experience is completely different. Like your reality and how you experience it is completely different. So, so how did you get from there to here to where you are now? How long, how long ago was that when you were having those? Uh, that happened. This started in 2013. So whatever year this is, (laughs) uh, yeah, in the fall. And so I had, I had probably five experiences between October and January of 2014. Then I had another one about six months after, which was a sort of a contact thing. And then I had one about six or eight months ago. Uh, what, what was the contact call. experience? Well, some of them, like the ones I, the two that I just explained weren't really that dramatic. They're dramatic, but they're not that effective. The fourth one, I actually had a conversation with the woman who was made out of pure yellow light, yellow bluish light. And she's shorter than me. And she is just unforgettable, unforgettable. And there were three other beings there that were very tall that I didn't uh, have a conversation with. Uh, Same kind of episode, a spaceship lands, they come out, they meet us. I'm with other people that I don't know. And she is just has a euphoric feeling that just whatever dimension this is taking place, it is just full of love and joy by every, every person that's there. I mean, it's just unforgettable. And uh, she was overjoyed to to meet me. She had heard a lot about me. Uh, Apparently she knew who I was, but I didn't know who she was at all, obviously. And um, that stuck with me for a long time. So when you met her, did you not ask her who she was? I didn't think to ask anything of like, where are you from? Because I hear these stories about um, abduction stories or, or just contact stories. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm from this planet system and I'm here for this and that. And I, I don't have any conversations like that. I don't know where any of these beings are. I'm just in awe. I don't even think enough to to ask any questions. I'm not thinking logically enough to, to think of me. I'm just in awe of the feelings I get just being around these people. And she was, she was just overjoyed to meet me. And as soon as she tried to, to embrace me or hug me, that vibration shows up again and it shocks me out of the experience. And that stops every experience I have is when I, as soon as I have contact with one of these beings, it, it ends. It, I come out of it. Why do you think that is? Well, I've been trying to figure that out. And I think it's just the vibrational state you know, we all talk about this. You got to raise your vibrations. You know, you got to raise your vibrations, and uh, you know, five D is coming in the wave, and this other things that that's going on right now. Um, and you do that through diet, and you have to be a vegetarian. Vegetarian, you got to do yoga and meditate. And that raises your vibration to these levels, and that's how you get to this enlightenment. Well, I think whatever dimension this is happening in, the vibrational level is so high that I'm I'm not I'm not there yet, and I'm not able to stay in that stay in that uh just stay in that state. level i think yeah, yeah in that mm-hmm. state that makes sense to me it's like when 
Rebecca was talking about Nemo being from the eighth dimension and that he can't come into the third dimension. It's too, he has too much energy. If you have beings from upper dimensions, fifth or sixth or whatever, they have to lower their vibration to exist here. And so I think when people say, well, why don't they just show up? And I think it, I think it because it's very difficult for them to lower their state of mind to exist in this third dimension because it's such a low vibrational state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's real dense. It's very it doesn't dense. feel good. It doesn't feel good to be here. I mean, wherever I'm going during these dreams, uh, that's if they, I would go there. If they show up at my door and say, I would go. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's just uh, after you feel uh, where whatever dimension or realm that is, this, it's really hard just to walk around. Yeah, and for our audience, so for our audience to um, understand what you were experiencing was a non-corporeal entity. Uh, And so there are two ways that um, these beings can show up to us, either in corporeal entity where you actually physically see a body or in non-corporeal entity where you see a light or an orb or something to that effect, which is what you were experiencing majority, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. So that people understand in our audience that you can have um, a variety of different experiences and how the, you are contacted or connected with uh, these uh, entities from other dimensions, other realms. So uh, it's not that one is less than or, or more better than the other. It's just this is how it is. And it could be depending on like what you said, your own personal frequency and what you're able to um, see. So uh that's all really interesting. It could also just be a crazy dream. It could be. It could just be a crazy dream. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of dreams, lots of them. I know what those are. This is this is this is leveling up. <laughs> if it's a dream, so they they don't feel like like dreams compared to when you're dreaming and you have a crazy dream. This is something I feel absolutely hundred percent awake during yeah. these things, fully fully awake, but somehow I have the knowledge that, uh, that I'm not awake. I'm someplace else. I, it is, it's hard. I've tried to make, mm. you know, explain this in a thousand ways. And I can't put words to it, but it's not a dream, you know? So, so, so what are you, what are you doing with it now? Are you, are you trying to have these episodes more often or are you making changes in your life or are you teaching other, I mean, what are, how has it changed you in your day-to-day life? It's, uh, I'm definitely different. I've changed and there's no, there's no real going back, I guess. <laughs> uh, I try, I went for a long, it was, I went for a phase where I was trying to trigger these things because they were so dramatic and unbelievable that I wanted to, every night I went to bed, I'm like, I wonder if something's going to happen tonight, you know, that kind of a thing. And, uh, they're purely random however i can make these happen through meditation and through diet and just those kind of things if i sit around and do those things i can find out that i can trigger these things i would wake up several nights almost every night i would wake up and i would be vibrating my body would be vibrating in bed just sort of this half asleep half awake and just tingling from head to toe that's interesting. I actually have a friend um, who is experiencing kind of like this shaking, uh, and especially when um, he's lying in bed. Um, 
And I thought that it might be something related to uh, an energy uh, experience where he's being upgraded and, and his body's experiencing the um, energy in a different way where his vibration is rising, but his physical body is having difficulty catching up to it. And so it's creating like this physical vibration shaking that some people might think is um, like uh, a low form of like Parkinson's or something to that effect where you start to think is something neurologically wrong with me. Uh, Did your experience, was it kind of like that kind of shaking where like you're just constantly vibrating, moving and you don't know how to stop it? No, it's not a, it's not a physical shaking at all. It's a, I don't know how to say it other than it's a vibration. I feel like every cell in my body is vibrating. Okay. So you felt like, um, like a numbness almost like, um, uh, yes, yeah, it's more of, yeah, tingling? it's not a physical shaking. Like my body's not moving. Okay. And okay. I went through a phase where right after this started happening, like the, the near death one and, you know, the first six months of this, uh, since I didn't have a job, you know, I can sleep as long as I want, but I woke up every single day, exactly 10 minutes after the sun came up and I would wake up and I would feel only what I could describe is I could feel the sunrise and I would sleep towards the East. My head was just happened to be facing East and I could feel the sun break the plane of the earth. And that energy would go from head to toe through my body for about 15 minutes. It would slowly get more and more intense and then it would dissipate as the sun went up. And it's not crazy enough that I could feel the energy from the sun as it broke the horizon. It, the weirdness was that I knew exactly what was happening as I lay there in bed. And that would happen every single day for however many months that would happen. So whatever is happening to me, I am so sensitive and tuned in to, to the magnetism of the earth and the planets and the universe that I could feel it in my body. And so I could literally feel the sunrise wow. every day and that 15 minutes of laying in bed will charge you for the rest of the day. If by chance I ever had to like set an alarm and get up early and I missed that, that sunrise event, my day would be just ruined. I mean, I would just be dragging, I'd be sleepy and groggy and it's something about, and this goes back from when I was in the Marine Corps, you know, we used to stay up all night long and you have some kind of guard duty thing or perimeter watch and it was always the hardest the hardest time to stay awake, you could stay awake all night long, but that last half hour before sunrise, it would just be miserable trying to stay awake. And it's well known through the Marines or probably all the militaries, that last half hour before sunrise is always when the attack comes because that is the hardest time for people to stay awake. So it's something about the, the energy of the sun and the magnetism because it hits tangent to the, to the atmosphere, that energy that causes you know, people's, you know, it affects your brains, you know, kind of like a full moon effect. So the sunrise and sunset have some sort of magnetic effect on people. And so I was feeling that every day as a, as, as it, just every day I would feel, I would feel the sunrise. And so when I can feel the sunrise and I wake up and I'm vibrating and I'm having all these sensations and all this weirdness that I still can't explain, <laughs> uh, I can tell that I might have an event if I go to sleep. I might make contact, like somebody might come visit me or, or whatever this is. So if I meditate a lot and if I do certain things, these kind of things will start happening. You know, like I can kind of feel the moon when it rises and stuff. And if I get into that kind of state, then that's what 
was causing these these dream effects, these dream events, what I call events. Do you feel the sunset the same way that you feel the sunrise? Uh, I had an obsession with watching sunsets there for a while during this time, but I didn't really feel them because I think I'm already awake and I'm up and I'm, I'm about. But if I would, if I was inside doing something and I could sense, you know, it was getting late, I just had this thing where I had to go watch the sunset almost every day. I was just fascinated by, by the colors and just this weird, like if there were clouds in, in, in the sky about how they would change just every five seconds of this completely different sunset. And I would just stare at this thing for half an hour, you know, barefoot in the park, just staring at these clouds. And for a 40 year old guy that used to be an engineer that I went through an obsession with the sunset, but I didn't really feel anything other than I couldn't believe how many colors you could see uh, just by this, you know, scattering of light as it hit the atmosphere at a certain angle, you know, that kind of thing. I had all this math going through my head when I'd watch this, but uh, I didn't have a, I could feel the moon, I could feel the sunrise, but as a sunset, I think because I'm already awake that um, I, I didn't pick up on it so much. But you're, you're not living in a cardboard box yet, No, right? but it's funny you say that. <laughs> um, when I see homeless people, I, I often wonder if that's what is going on with them. They just don't have anybody to help them. Hmm. You know, I think people have these awakenings and if they don't, like, if they don't have help, I mean, I, I went through a phase, I didn't even know if I could feed myself. You know, I sold my house in a week because I ran out of money because I didn't have the foresight enough to know that you got bills every month. And uh, it, it it's hard to explain, but when you're, uh, the only way I can make sense of it to myself is that when your left brain shuts down and your right brain, which is where all this exists in, you know, all your psychic abilities and your telepathy and all this spiritual is on your right brain. And if that turns on too much, it's very hard to survive down here without enough planning ahead for next week. You know, and I think a lot of homeless people probably go through some sort of awakening and they don't have anybody to help them through it until they get back on their feet. That's an interesting and, perspective. Uh, that's just a theory. Yeah. But if you go talk to those people and say, well, what happened to you? You know, and... You know, we're just we're just horrible people. We treat them like bums. I used to. I'm like, yeah, get a job. And it's like, how's this guy supposed to get a job? You know, nobody's. You know, I wouldn't hire him. And so we're we have this you know survival of the fittest attitude going on. And some of these people are probably the smartest, most brightest spiritual people there is. They they just can't exist in this matrix, as you call it. You know, they don't know how to make any money. They don't even want any money. And uh, I went through a phase where I tried to live without money, and that was a a complete failure. <laughs> Nothing is set up that way. You have to have it, whether you like it or not. <laughs> right now, you have to have some money to do anything. Yeah. The trick is to um, find a way to work within this reality that still fulfills all of your joy so that the, I mean, money is just one, is energy and it's one form of abundance. Uh, and when you can find a way to uh, create uh, an avenue for that money to come in that is also connected to, that is spiritually aligned with you and your joy and perhaps what you truly want to do here on earth that you feel aligned with, then it, it starts to kind of, you can play the game, but on your terms, you know? And that's like the difference of working within the matrix. 
of that you start to set the parameters for how it's all going to work for you. Like if you're going to play in this game, okay, I'm going to play by my rules and how it works for me, not the way you tell me it has to work. I, I went through something similar, Dave. I, I worked for a company for 27 years and, um, and got a divorce, but it, there was a lot that led up to my divorce, like the shoe thing and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of other things. But, um, I'm, I've done a lot of what, what you've done. I won't say that my left brain is shut off completely. I am aware of, of bills, but as far as just, you know, what, why do I have this 401k if I can't use it now, you know, and this is just what I want to do. And just what Nicole was saying, like, I can't allow myself to get back into the matrix, back into that, those, what I call it, like being like a slave, you know, and, and worrying about health insurance and, and 401ks and, and just living for your future, but not living now. And it's, and it's, it's tricky finding, finding something that you can do on your own terms to generate enough of an income to allow you to enjoy life, but not feel like you're going against what it is that, I guess it's just falling back into that matrix, I call it. Like I, I don't, I refuse to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And Dave, you talked about this at the very beginning of the episode and how like, you know, you accumulate money, you accumulate things and the next you know, thing to do is just like, okay, what else can I get? What's the more expensive thing now that I can afford? There's no kind of like, how much do I really need to be here on this planet and actually exist in a very happy place with all that I need? We, we constantly are brought into this mentality of, okay, I'm making more, so I have to spend more, as opposed to like, how much do I actually really need to um, live here but still not sacrifice uh, the things that actually bring me joy, like sacrifice the way I live uh, to, to still exist here. And that's like a... It's like time freedom. Yeah, exactly. Time freedom is perfect. Time freedom is what I feel like I'm looking for and doing things on my terms, like no one's dictating to me, you know, what time I have to get up and when I have to work and what I have to do throughout the day, I get to make all those decisions. Yeah. And I think that's a huge, um, I think that becomes a huge guiding light for a lot of people. I know it was certainly one for me. It's actually one of my biggest priorities now and how I decide what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. If something's going to take away a lot of my time from doing the things that I actually enjoy, I don't want to engage in it, especially if it's meant to make me money but not fulfill me. Uh, my time is much more of value than actual money itself. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's all part of the awakening process when you, when you decide that you and your experience here is more important than following some sort of rules that the matrix has set out for you. Mm -hmm. You know, what's, what's interesting to me, these are things that I went through a long time. I mean, just listening to to Dave's story and you know how he felt like, I just want to stop doing this. And what you guys are, are talking about. It's, it's funny that we, we poke fun at me in this show about not being awakened. But I mean, everything that you guys are saying, I went through that years ago and that's, that's how I felt and that's how I continue to feel. I just don't 
see any connection with some sort of spiritual awakening. Well, that's one of the reasons why we're so compatible. (laughs) I mean, just the way you think that way, like you're a very, I live in the now and you're not, you're, you're thinking about your experience on a day-to-day basis and enjoying your every day. You're not just trying to chase the almighty dollar, which is what most of us are doing. You know, like, like Dave said, buy a house in five years. Oh, I guess I'm going to upgrade to a bigger house or, you know, now I'll, I guess I'll go get that boat or that membership to the country club because these are just the things that we do, but they're not really fulfilling us. Mm -hmm. It all comes down to the way I see it is, is I pop out of these experiences because I can't handle this vibration, this physical feeling I get. And so I've decided that, you know, we all say, well, you gotta, you gotta raise your vibration to get to the next, you know, this is, the next level, the new earth, right? The new earth is coming and all this stuff that's in the media. So, but when, when you, when you come to this planet, if you decide if uh, I'm, I'm kind of buying into this whole reincarnation thing, I've been hearing about this a lot and it makes a lot of sense to me now. When you die, you go back to source and you sit up there and you decide, you know what? I need this kind of experience. I'm going to go back down to earth and I'm going to live this life at this period of time with these parents and pick kind of the experience you're going to have. Because that's sort of what's lacking in your spiritual growth or whatever you want to call it. So when you come here and if all you do is chase money your whole time, that's not much of an experience, you know. Because I can do everything so-called the right way where I sit and I, I sit with the same company and I gather this thing called a 401k and I do all of this and I have a million dollars at the end and look at that big boat that I never – but when you die and you go back, you have nothing to take with you. The boat stays there and you have no – no traumatic experiences, no great experiences. You haven't grown. All you're going to take back is the energy that you've accumulated while you were here. And those are, are experiences. And so if you go live in a cardboard box, if that's where I end up, that's an experience that I'm going to take with me. And if all you do is chase money, that's not much of an experience. That's doing the same thing over and over for 50 years. Yeah. And I think the society has... <laughs> And this gets into where, you know, there's a cabal and there's a control mechanism to lower the vibration of this planet. And so what, when they're doing that is they throw this money thing out there and this greed. And I was trained in the 80s and the 80s was this huge, you know, Wall Street, you know, you know, take the company public, all this kind of stuff. And it's just that was the signature of success is, you know, how big, how much money you could hoard. And so I grew up as a young man with that sort of an attitude. And at the and I think they train people that way, just to keep their experiences low. It's just the way I see it. So when you chase this 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 concept of of more stuff, it's all materialism. It's one hundred percent materialism, mm-hmm. and materialism is not an experience. You don't take any of that anywhere. No. In fact, you throw it in the trash after five years. Go down to the garage sale. There's all that stuff, you know. Exactly. It's so true, and they they use that fear of um losing that safety net uh like that fear of losing the safety net is the controlling mechanism that keeps people stuck in where they are from going past their comfort zone going like leaving the security blanket behind and actually experiencing something they're not allowing themselves to experience right now which is where all the growth happens it's where all the experiences it's where the teacher is in all of us and that is held back from us from this concept of the safety net that uh, the matrix likes us to believe we actually always need to have in place in order to survive here. 
And again, that's that word survive is so ingrained in us as opposed to thrive. And it's just always about staying in that root chakra of survival. And how do you like move through that root chakra and just stay there as opposed to moving up the chakras into the second, which is where you have your creativity and abundance into the third, which is where you start to really identify who you are. And finally getting into the heart where a lot of this starts to expand in your experience and how you uh, shift your perception of the world and how you want to experience things and really leaving the ego and starting to experience much more of your world from the heart and a love-based reality. I'm curious, Dave, you mentioned you have two children. How have your experiences shifted um, first your relationship with them and do they interact with this world um, in a different way since your um, own experiences? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm divorced. So they, we, they go back and forth with their mom and I, so they're not full time with me. And they are both out of high school, so they're older, sort of are on their own. To be perfectly honest, I haven't told them anything about any of this in detail, you know, about the near-death experience or anything like that, because... What are you afraid of? Well, uh, I tried to tell... When this first happened, like, after the second or third event, and I was just, like, out of my mind, I tried to tell... I think I was at... I think it was Thanksgiving, of all things. And, uh, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, man, you would not... Yeah, that's a place oh, you Oh, gosh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> what a great day. So I'm sitting there, and it's my and it's my mom and my brother, and I'm like, you would not believe it. I just like this. And I just had this thousand-yard stare all day long, and I, I people were just looking at me like, what happened to... What's he up to lately? You know, and like we don't know. But when are you going to uh, get a job again, Dad? Yeah, like isn't he going to work anymore? We're all or, familiar with that. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm that one of the family. And I was always, you know, and, and that's the contrast. Before I was the one that everybody came to for advice. I was the one that was going to make it. You know, I was the one that you know joined the Marines just because it was the hardest. You know, I, I did all of that. No excuses. Never quit, no matter what. And now I'm in the backyard with no shoes on looking at trees going wow can you imagine how many leaves are on this tree and they're all the same how does that happen the good the good news the good news is you're going to get invited to less events yeah that, that is a benefit i didn't i don't because they call me and goes where are you and it's like oh is that today oh how do i get there you know that so they don't bother but I, anyway so the point is i tried i made the mistake of not realizing that people wouldn't like just be blown away by all this information, you know, like I got really into quantum physics for a while. For some reason I was just drawn to these just quantum physics, you know, theories and they just made perfect sense. And so I was talking about that. And so when I approached my kids, they were, you know, still in high school, I think five years ago. Yeah. They both were still in high school, very active, very like disconnected from your parents. They're teenagers, you know, and as far as I can tell, they like something's wrong with dad. We don't know what, but he's lost his, you know, he's moved three times. He's, he's you know, uh, so they just stay at their mother's house. And uh, they, they both went to a, for their whole lives, their mother put them in a Baptist Christian school. This helps. Um, so they, they are very religious and I'm not against that. I'm very glad that they did actually. And they are very, uh, very religious in their Christianity. And so I try to blend that into uh, this spiritual thing. I'm 
learning about because I think they're very close. I think they're very connected and, but they are very hardcore. If it's not in the Bible, it's not true. And I'm like, well, almost you got to look past that. And so we have some connection there. And then my daughter is like, wow, dad, you have a lot of UFO books around the house. Suddenly what's this about? And so we have that kind of conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So you're taking it in, in baby steps. I don't know when is a good time. Uh, to not sound like I've lost my mind, you know, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're at an age that yeah. they're they're transitioning out of high school into college, which is hard um, with a political thing going on in college. It's, you know, for two Christian kids, it's, it's really worse than I thought. And so I'm trying to, I don't want to disrupt everything for them, you know, that, well, based on what you were just saying, I, I think you would get a lot out of uh, listening to one of our favorite guests who actually is going to air, I believe, the week before your episode comes out, Jessica Alstrom. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because she, um, she, you know, she has raised kids um, while she was sleeping, so to speak, and then when she was awakened. And um, she had a really cool approach with how she um, broached this kind of topic with her kids. And basically it was more in the form of questions and letting them know that whatever they do, they're making the right choice. And the poor, and I think the most important thing is, is that you don't have to disclose everything that you know to someone. You only, I think through you just kind of living your life, they're going to start to ask you questions and just kind of uh, let them ask those questions and answer them enough that you give give them an answer that kind of fills that question. And if they continue to ask you more, that means they're ready for more information. And if they don't, then it's just a seed you planted and you let that seed sit there until it's ready to flourish and grow more. And then they'll eventually come around to you um, because they know that you're, you're involved in this stuff, maybe not so much in their conscious awareness, they're so um, aware of it, but they're subconsciously aware of it to the point that when they start to have their own awakening, uh, that they'll connect with you and remember that, oh, I think dad might be able to help me out with this. I need to ask dad about this. Exactly. Yeah, I've kind of been doing that. I've been kind of dropping some hints here and there um, along (laughs) along those lines, but uh, and it's been a mistake not to at least bring something up because um, I see a lot of disappointment a little bit because they're still, you know, living in what you call the matrix. They're still in that, you know, they're just starting college and there's all this pressure of what, what are you going to do when you grow up and you better decide in five minutes, you know, and that kind of thing. And you're going to do it for the rest of your life. So pick, pick good, you know, and uh, they used mm-hmm. to, you know, their dad's like, oh, my dad's a rocket scientist and he does this and that. And they used to, you know, was in the Marines and they had all this you know, stuff they could say about me. And, uh, now it's like, Oh, he lost, he walked away from his career and he can't get hired and he lost his house and his retirement lives with his mom. Now he doesn't, we don't know what's going on with him. He doesn't wear shoes. He can't even, you know, there's no clean clothes. (laughs) We don't know what he's doing. They don't even, they just, they're out. You know, (laughs) have you, have you ever thought about instead of trying to talk to them about all these different experiences, just talk about the joy that you're experiencing now that was missing from your life prior to this? Yeah. And you got to remember as I'm going along, I'm trying to figure this out on my own for myself. I really don't know what all this is until maybe a year ago. I kind of sorted it out. I think to like, 
You know, yeah. one thing I was in listening to your story, the one thing that I was thinking, you know, because we just, well, you don't probably don't know this, but we just had a, a, a cruise with 50 like-minded people. And I think that's the key for where you are in your journey is surround yourself with like-minded people that you can ask questions of. You don't have to, to do it alone. I mean, that's, that's for any type of journey or discovery. And, and, you know, again, with, with, uh, you know, listen, listen to Jessica Alstrom and she's, she's getting ready to have a, she, she does events all around the world and she's getting ready to have one in Vegas and, you know, go to something like that and, you know, meet a lot of people that think the same way and having similar experiences. And you're not, and you're not the crazy one. You're <laughs> the least crazy. Uh, you're right. I mean, everyone else is crazy. I mean, they just don't get it. I get it. It's obvious. So, yeah. <laughs> one of the things you go through True. this is you get downloaded with this information that just becomes blatantly obvious. How can not anybody figure this out? And it's just, and nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's hard mm -hmm. to deal with too, because I can't sit there and explain it all. I mean, I would get just thousands and thousands of pieces of information just pop into my head in an instant. And if I had to write all that down, it would take a year. And how do you, how do you go through all that, you know, with, with people and they either get it or they don't. So I've decided like for me, like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have this conversation. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never even heard of some of this stuff that we're talking about. And, uh, everyone has their time. You know, everyone likes, well, I wish I would have experience or I want to be awake. And it's like, if it happens before you're ready, it's, it'll, it'll crush you. You got to be ready. And I don't know what that is, but I think everyone has their time. And if it's not their time, you can't just beat them over the head with this stuff and think they're going to change their mind and see it your way. When they, no, when they see it, it comes yeah. in an instant. It's literally in an instant, your life will be different. You'll see everything for what it is. And until you're ready, you got to be able to handle that. And I think, I think, I don't think you could trigger it. I don't think you can do it on purpose. You might help it along, but when, until you're ready, it's not, people, people are not going to, they're not going to see it. I, I think. Everyone's experience is so different as far as awakening. It, it happens sometimes in spurts or it happens with events or it happens with a spiritual gift suddenly being thrust upon you or. I've heard people that sort of takes them a few months or years until they finally kind of transition into there. But for me, it was just all at once. And it just feels like I got the rug yanked out from under me pretty hard. And some people are so ingrained in the matrix. It's just like it may be happening, but they're, they're too afraid to let go of that job. So they stay in it miserable and they can, you know, their back aches and they have other physical ailments, but they, you know, turn to pharmaceuticals or surgery or something like that. And they just keep pushing, pushing, pushing and, re you know, resisting it. Oh yeah. So did I, I mean, I was applying for jobs. I, I went through interviews and I just, I can't even have a conversation with them. I mean, I know, I know they could just feel <laughs> this negativity just oozing out of me, just being in some of these buildings. And, uh, I was trying to get, I knew, I, I eventually knew that you, you have to work, you have to get back to where you were and just forget about what you know, and just, just do it. Just close your eyes. Just go back and do it. And it's impossible. It just, I just can't get myself to do what it takes to get, you know, back into that thing. And, uh, it just takes time. I think you got to work through it. It just takes time. Yeah. And there are, there, there are ways to have your awakening and not completely, um, exit this reality. Uh, you know, uh, but it really helps when you have 
um, people who have been through it to help you through it and guide you through it so that you're uh, supported in, in one way, because that's, I think the toughest thing is that when you have these, this awakening and you're so scared of talking about it with someone, you have no support system that, that we all need, we, you know, as we grow and learn. If you could say one thing to someone who might be going through um, like a spiritual awakening where they really are feeling like the rugs being pulled out from under them, what would be your advice to them? Oh man. Uh, you gotta, I think you gotta have help. You gotta have someone really close to you that understands that you're just not being lazy or you're having a midlife crisis, that this is a real thing and people need help. I mean, for me, it, it feels like it's impossible to do what it takes kind of to survive the matrix. And I think you got to have help. I mean, these people, I think, like I said, I think some of these homeless people go through similar to maybe exactly what I did and they didn't have any help. And it's hard to explain of how you just can't function the way you normally would. And so is to find someone, I mean, you got to ask for help. You got to have like a place to live. You got to have someone kind of to watch out for you. Uh, I really mm-hmm. needed someone to like manage my finances that I did have, you know, manage my, you know, I, I had a house with a bunch of equity and I'm like, oh, see, there's six months of freedom right there. Just sell it. I don't know. And uh, now I don't have to do anything for six months. That was my solution. And that was, you know, not a smart thing to do, but nobody was helping me sort this out. Like you got to find someone that understands what this is. Like, I think all of us kind of get it. And uh, yeah, if I had one thing to do, like Martha and I sit around and we like, man, if we had, you know, she, she's a nurse and she's going the holistic path because she can't stand the pharmaceutical industry. She just can't stand it anymore. So she's going into a different, more of a holistic kind of a path. And her goal, you know, her dream is to open up a center that's holistic and essential oils and, you know, that kind of thing. And so my thing would be to find these people that are having awakening and just a place for them to stay until they get back on their feet and get things sorted out again, that there's a balance. You know, you, you have to be in the matrix a little bit, uh, but you, you can still know that materialism isn't everything, but you kind of got to do it a little bit. Yeah. You got to, you can do both. You got to eat. You still got to eat. You still like, I, I visited a life coach and I was complaining, you know, one time to her about, this money thing and I couldn't stand it. And she's like, Hey, you chose to be here. You chose this incarnation at this time during this place, knowing that the money system was in play. You chose this on purpose. So you chose to play this game. Now get out there and play it and quit complaining. You know, and she explained that to me. And I don't know if any of that is true, but that sticks with me to this day. Like I chose to be here and I don't complain and get back out there and make some money and do it. Because So what know, are you doing today? Uh, I'm actually starting a job, believe it or not, this week, and it's uh, it's the first engineering job I've had in five years, so I'm actually going back. Before that, I've, I've been running uh, – I do real estate. I've been making a little bit of money there uh, with some friends uh, that have a brokerage. So I have a real estate license, and I run a fly fishing company that make a little bit of money there, and I do a lot of uh, uh, woodworking. Uh, I'm a woodworker from a long, back, a long ways back. And so that's how I've been making money, just a little bit here and there, just sort of – like a hippie would do, I guess. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, just money here and there. Uh, I live with my mother who's 78. So, which actually is a very good thing that uh, I'm here because she lives by herself. My dad passed away quite a while ago. So 
And so I, I've been getting by like that for the last few years. I've been interviewing and this job came up out of nowhere. And uh, so I'm, I'm going back and I'm going to see how it goes. Wow. Good for you. Um, and, and that's the whole purpose is find a way to be in this matrix, but make it work for you on your terms. You know, there's, there's definitely a way to have abundance, which I think is, you know, the reason why people go through this um, loss of abundance in a material sense through a spiritual awakening is because they start to realize how much their self-worth has been tied to the matrix, tied to having a career that is of a high status, tied to having a certain amount of income. And when you take that away, you start to realize, shit, I don't actually think that highly of myself. How do I gain this self-worth so that it's not dependent on the job that I have, on the amount of money that I'm making? Uh, and, and when you finally learn how to bring that value to a high enough level that it doesn't matter if you have a job that makes a ton of money or no money, you still feel the same way about you and that can never be taken away from you. And that's one of the lessons that we learn in this matrix of material, of material value, material things is that shit. If I take all that stuff away, who am I? What is my value here in the world? How do people perceive me? What do I think of myself? When I look in the mirror, who, who do I see? And that's a huge lesson why I think often we lose a lot of, we lose the job, we lose the money, we lose the house, or we give it away. You know, oftentimes a lot of people go through this thing of just giving away all this material value because they want to know who am I without it? And that's often part of the spiritual journey. And when you finally discover what your worth actually is outside of that, beyond that, it's not dependent on that, then you are now in a place that you can make that money and still have that value in place. It's no longer a codependent relationship. It's interdependent. And you know that you can still be in this world feeling very valuable about who you are, feeling good about who you are and how you show up in this world and still make money, still play the game. That's my, that's what I think. Wow. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's about, everything is about balance, it turns out. And it's a balance in both directions. I mean, everybody's fighting this left brain thing. Well, I've been on the other side and being, if you were completely right brain, you would just sit there and drool on yourself until you died. I mean, because you wouldn't, <laughs> you would. I mean, that is. So that's what's wrong with Nicole. <laughs> If you live in the moment, <laughs> you know, a hundred percent of the time, you won't be able to, you know, feed yourself because that's a left brain function. So there's a balance. You got to have, you know, I stopped meditating on purpose just to get that side of my brain to turn back on. Cause I realized I was having a lot of issues with trying to just get it, get along. And I didn't like where things were headed. And I was a little, had a lot of fear, you know, had a lot of fear about living in a box somewhere. And, uh, I had pulled in all my favors, <laughs> you know, and uh, I stopped doing all that stuff, trying to get my, my left brain to turn back on to where I could, you know, get my life back on track. And so that's worked a little bit. So now I'm, I'm starting to meditate again. And now I'm starting to vibrate at night again and stuff like that. But I still, I'm still clear headed enough that I can see it. I got it, you know. And so it's about, it's about balance. You have to balance everything. And uh, yeah. you know, people ask, well, why is there so much, you know, pain in the world and suffering and all that? Because if you don't have any suffering, then there's no joy. Because if all you had was joy all the time, you would be boring. And then when you get bored, then suddenly there's nothing, you know, so that you have to have a certain degree of suffering 
the happiest I've ever been was when I got back from the Gulf War. And all I did was like rub my feet through the carpet. And it was the most, I can remember to this day, well, why does this carpet feel so good? I've had carpet my whole life. But if you go seven months with <laughs> and living in a hole that's half full of water, this carpet is really good. And the joy is still the same. doesn't matter what it oh, is. Yeah. No, you totally. got to have that contrast. You got to have that darkness, you know, and then once you experience that darkness, the light is that much brighter. And so you got to have balance everywhere. And so you got to, yeah. you got to go back to work and sit in that cube for a while because then that's what makes the weekend so great. You know, that, it's <laughs> that kind of, well, <laughs> so you got to do that. I think with everything. Well, it's the law of duality. It's why we live in a polarized world so that we can experience the extreme of the polarizations to know where the balance is. And there's no way of knowing the balance until you go to both extremes. And that's why we're here. And every time you come back into balance, you'll probably go back out to somewhere within that range of the extremes to experience more and learn more. And that's all we're here to do is to learn from our experiences. And so we put ourselves in situations where we do go um, in to the extremes but then we come back into balance through our learning and understanding and then we're like okay i'm ready for more let's 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 push the envelope again let's i've integrated i've processed now it's time for more and that's that's just all this it's a constant flow of energy energy expands and contracts all the time so we're just in flow with energy we expand out into those other areas and then we contract in when we have to process and integrate it's all part of nature yeah something like that <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks so much. Uh, thanks, Dave, for being on the show. It was a great conversation. And I think it's going to be really helpful to a lot of people who are not just starting their spiritual awakening and, and, and all of that, but also people who are well even into their spiritual awakening and understanding how they might be able to help those who are newly awakened and be a support system. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, we started this show was because we know how scary it can be when you're alone. And having this show and sharing everyone's experiences allows people to know they're not alone. They're not the only ones thinking this. They're not the only ones going through all of this. And there's a place where they can feel like they're uh, in a circle of support and um, familiarity. So thank you for coming on and sharing your experiences. Yes, thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. That's, this has been great. Yeah. And to our audience, uh, if you ha uh, are someone or know someone who has had experiences that are similar to a spiritual awakening, or you know someone who could uh, be of value to the show, uh, contact us, send us an email, info at enlightenup.us and let us know because that's what um, Dave's friend Martha did To She sent us in an email letting us know about Dave. And we're just so happy that we could bring him on the show and, um, give him the space to uh, ex to basically express what he's been going through so that we can all learn and understand more. So thank you very much. All right, everyone, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you all for joining our show today. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to see us have on our show, please email that information to us at info at And please follow us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for more insight from her or visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading. You can watch some of her most informative videos or you can sign up for her newsletter. 
And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, Lisa Loves Love, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we will be back with you all next week. Music.